Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, welcome everybody. Joe McCall here. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Glad you're here, as always, right? Got a good interview today. A friend of mine named Jason Courtney. He's from St. Louis. He is one of the biggest creative real estate investors in the St. Louis area. And I'm really glad to have him on the show. We're going to be talking about why would sellers ever want to sell their house on terms in the first place? All they need to do, right, is just call a realtor, stick it on the MLS, or rent it themselves or sell it themselves? Why would they ever want to give away any equity to some stranger? Why would they ever want to trust somebody to make their mortgage payments for them or to take care of the property for them? Who in their right mind would ever do any kind of creative financing, creative real estate deal? You know what I mean? We're talking about lease options, subject tos, owner financing. And if you're new to real estate and those terms don't mean anything to you and you're already starting to check out, just hold on, wait. Because there's a lot of sellers right now that are wanting to sell their house, but can't for whatever reason. Maybe it's divorce, job loss, something's going on with you know the economy. Maybe they, they lost their job, they have to transfer. They tried, their house has been on the market now for three or four months. I just saw an article in the Wall Street Journal that house prices are at their lowest in terms of price declines in 11 years. And so in other words, we've seen such rapid growth now the growth is reversing and it's, depending on the stats that you're looking at, prices are still higher than they were 11 years ago, but the declines, it's like the certain number of consecutive months of decline. So it's getting worse. And the interesting thing about real estate, it's not like the stock market or crypto where it goes up and down on a dime, like in, in you know, it goes up and down within days. Real estate is much slower. So you can see months in advance when the trends are starting to change and the trends are st- changing, which means If you're a real estate investor, if you're looking to buy homes, maybe you're looking to buy your own personal residence as a lease option or with owner financing, which I have done twice. This house I'm in now, we bought with the lease option, changed it to owner financing, and eventually got traditional mortgage with it before the rates went up. Thank you, Jesus. But anyway, this is important stuff to learn. And you need to understand that sellers will sell their house. Not everyone will, but there are motivated sellers out there that will sell their house on terms. And sometimes that is the best thing for them. And so Jason and I are going to be talking about that. He's going to be teaching you. And I asked him, I said, let's turn this podcast into like a class so we can just, let's teach people how to do what you do. And if you stay tuned, we're going to actually call some sellers live right here on the podcast. You can watch us do that. It's going to be fun. And we are live too, as as I'm doing this, I'm out on Facebook and YouTube. So if you are watching right now, Type in the chat or the comments, say hello, tell us where you're from. Looks like we've got somebody that says, hey, it's me. How's it going, pal? I, I don't know who you are. Sorry, Facebook user, but hello back to you. So tell us where you're from. And if your name doesn't show up, I'm sorry, it's because of the privacy settings and things like that. You know, maybe that was uh, that was Jason who sent, did you send me that comment, Jason? No, anyway, one more announcement, then we'll get started here. Got a implementation workshop coming up with myself and with Gavin Timms. Uh, Gavin and I did, we've done about four of these, four or five of these over the years. We just did one a couple of weeks ago. It was a blast. It was so much fun. We keep them small, just like 12 people. You come here to St. Louis, we get into a conference room and we just roll up our sleeves and we start working. We're, if you don't have leads to work, we will give you leads. We can look at houses or land, but we're going to actually dive into deals, start talking to sellers, talking to realtors, talking to buyers, making offers, you're going to walk away with some legit work actually done. <clears throat> We're going to actually call sellers live. So all of you, most of you already know in your head what you need to do. You just need to get a little bit out of your comfort zone and get out there and actually do it. So that's what this workshop is all about. We have a next one coming up May 8th and 9th here in St. Louis. Go to joemccall.com slash workshop, joemccall.com slash workshop. And you'll, there's a video there that explains what, what it is that we're going to do. We're going to help you set up the systems. We're going to give you seller leads. If you don't have them already, we're going to actually call sellers live. We're going to call a lot of them. We're actually going to make offers. That's what this business is all about. And that's what this podcast is about, isn't it? So if you're interested in that, again, go to joemccall.com slash workshop, joemccall.com slash workshop. All right. And Thomas is here from Webster Groves, which is in St. Louis on LinkedIn. What's up, Thomas? 
you're more than welcome to come to the workshop. It's not free, but go check that out and maybe we'll see you there. We'll go hang out at St. Albans and have lunch over there. Okay, so let's bring Jason on. Jason Courtney, how are you, Jason? Hey, Joe, how are you doing? Good, good. You were on my podcast a long time ago. Do you remember that? I do. Actually, um, that was a real tough time for me. My uh, dad was super sick. And, you know, I remember you digging into my personal life. and I'm thinking, Joe, why'd you have to do that? But I'll tell you what, it was great and it was freeing. And uh, it was fun yeah. to talk with you about it. So that was March, March 26, 2018. Oh, man, it was that long ago. 2018, five years ago. Wow. I lost change, Joe. Last yeah, you've got an amazing story, too. We have a mutual friend. I think I met, I knew him before you, but we just met our, each other at probably at like a Life and Air event or something like that. Sean McCloskey was involved in. Well, I'll tell you, it was uh, coaching for coaches, right? You and Sean were holding yes. a coaching event. And uh, I got there the very first day, went through about an hour right. or two worth of training. And I get the call that my dad's not going to make it through the night. Oh, that's right. And I took off, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, I have to tell you how uh, it was very gracious of you afterwards, right? After all that settled down to uh, honor, hey, man, you were in the class, even though you didn't get to learn from everybody, come on over to my house and uh, I'm going to help you get started. And right. actually, that's when my coaching business took off. Right? I that. Thank, thank you, Joe. Nice. All right. Good. <laughs> so coaching business is going great again. We've, we've structured it a little differently so we can help more people now. But uh, Awesome. That's so awesome. You forgot how pivotal you were to my business. Well, I appreciate that. If you, in case you guys are wondering, you should go check out my episode with Jason. It's episode 609 called Doing Deals with Jason Courtney. And I tell, he told his story there, his uh, testimony. It's pretty amazing what happened. And some of the tools he's using then, he was using then is probably different. Are you still using Auto Marketer? Is that what it's called? No, the auto marketer is no longer around. That was a tool that was used, that was generated by my coach, yeah. Joe Crump. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Joe. Yeah. He uh, taught me a ton when it came to creative financing. And, um, you know, I built my entire business off his $297 course. And I finally made enough money to go meet him. And he couldn't believe that I had done what I had done with that $200 course, right? <clears throat> so he puts me all over the internet and then now I'm a coach, right? So. <laughs> Well, you're that's still doing deals too, and that's why you're here. And uh, that's right. we're talking about why a seller would ever want to do a creative financing deal or a lease option or owner financing or something like that. I think and, the um, point, Joe, is that they won't. You know what I mean? The biggest obstacle for my students is why would anyone give me the deed to their house and leave the loan in their name? That's absurd. I would never do that, right? Yeah. It's so a why would a seller do that though? Well, there's tons of reasons, right? And uh, motivation is always the key, right? And uh, one of the things I know that uh, you push a lot is finding out what their motivation is and use that to solve their problem. And that's how we do deals. We solve problems. But here's what I tell every single one of my students. And you'll see that I, I try to keep things simple because people think these are complicated transactions and they're just not. Um, they're also not rare transactions. They happen all the time. So I always tell every one of my students that every single seller you talk to is in one of three situations, right? And uh, let me run through those if it's, if it's okay. Yeah, yeah, sure. So they either own the house free and clear, okay? Or they have a mortgage with no equity or a mortgage with equity. There is no other option, right? So they're in one of those three situations. And the sooner you find that out, the sooner you're going to know how to structure that deal and the more information you can get for them, how to structure it in a way they can say yes, right? So uh, let's run through each one. Um, yeah. All right. So if somebody owns a house free and clear, this is a simple deal. It's owner financing. They give you the deed to the house. You put a note in place, which is prepared by the title company, and you agree on the terms, and it's a done deal. Okay. So, so this might why somebody would, would even want to do that to begin with. Why not just sell it with a realtor, get all their money? Well, what are they going to do with the money after they get it? <laughs> That's good. Right. So they have to do something with it. And what's the most safest, one of the most safest investments a human being can make? Real estate. You got it. And so when they find out that you're willing to partner with them on a real estate transaction that they don't have to do any work for, and they generate an additional income on a house they didn't even want anymore. Right. They're, they just can't believe it. In fact, I had a seller tell me today, Jason, this sounds way too good to be true. I said, if I had a quarter for every time I heard that, I'd have at least a hundred bucks, you know? 
So it really, these are not complicated. And even for me, Joe, when I started, well, here, I'll tell you just a quick story. You know, I can get winded, so feel free to cut me off. This is good. When I bought that $297 program, I was broke. I had just ended a partnership with a family member, uh, which we talked about in the other podcast back in 18, and I was broke. And so I remember going through the content of this program thinking this was the dumbest purchase I had ever made in my life. No one's ever going to give me the deed to their house without giving them any money or something, right? Yeah. And so even me, even I felt like this was absurd. No one in their right mind would do it. And let me tell you, after I closed my very first deal, I realized that even I would do it. You know what I mean? Interesting. Even I would do it. In fact, um, this is probably going too far, but I already have a significant portfolio. Guess what I'm going to do with it after 26 and a half years? I'm going to sell it on order Right. Right. You know because, I mean? well, the other big thing is, you mentioned this, I think, maybe, but like the tax hit that that Ooh, owner we're gonna get into that. Yeah, we're going to get into that. That's another reason why someone would do this deal, yeah. right? So how would you like it, Mr. Smith, if I bought your house and I paid your capital gain tax for you? And you get to keep it all. How about that? Yeah. The tired landlords, we'll get into that. But I'm just going to keep rolling through these uh, things if it's okay with you, Joe. Yeah, that's good. So someone who owns their home free and clear, a a creative financing offer is as simple as owner financing. And then how you adjust those terms is up to you and the seller. All right. So someone has a mortgage with little to no equity. Okay. Why would somebody do a deal like this? Well, the number one reason is what options do they have? They have to move. Maybe they get a relocation. Maybe there's a divorce. Maybe, uh, you know, there's all kinds of reasons why they have to move, but they're either going to bring money to closing to, to move yeah, or they're going to work with me. Why wouldn't they work with me? Right. So, and Mr. Smith, you're not going to have to bring anything to closing. So some of the loans that fall into this category, Joe, as you know, are VA loans, right? Uh, they don't put any money down, and so they have no equity, and they get deployed a year or two later, right? So low-hanging fruit are um, Air Force bases, Army bases, things like that, where these guys are buying houses and then get deployed. Uh, I have a student that built his entire portfolio on an Army base in Junction City, Kansas, right? Wow. He, he made one contact, Joe. He went in and talked to the guy at, um, I guess, at the base that handles the housing, and he told him, here's what I do. Here's the situation I believe that your uh, Marines are in, and here's what I can do for them. And every single time he has someone that didn't want to rent their house, right, but they wanted to sell it, he they sent him the deal, built his entire portfolio off one wow. relationship. So anyway, yeah, people who have no equity or very little equity, and he, let's say they have some, right? And uh, so I'll still take it subject to, and I'll give them a little cash at closing. So let's say they have 10000 in equity. I pay 50 cents on the dollar. I'll give them five grand. But guess what? That five grand is not coming out of my pocket. I'll tell you more about that later. I've put zero dollars, zero of Jason's dollars in Jason's properties. And we'll talk about that later. Cool. All right. The third option, right, is someone who has a mortgage with some equity. All right. So this is a combination of subject to and owner financing. Huh. So you take their note subject to, and then you put a second mortgage in place for their equity. This is how simple creative financing is, Joe. There's one of three situations. When you find out which situation they're in, you know exactly how to structure the deal. The nuances are, are part of building the r- rapport, right? Right. Let me ask you a question. Somebody's sure. going to be wondering, well, why don't you just get a bank loan? A lot of realtors will say that, right? Why don't you just go get a loan from the bank? What's the, Why do you have to do this? Joe, you always ask the best questions. You know, the, this is the beauty. Because I've been asked a hundred times. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. So here's why. If I go to get an investment loan, right, I'm not an owner-occupant, I got to pay two points over prime, whatever. So it's better for me to take over a mortgage at 3% or 3.5% than it is for me to go out and get a new one. That's one. My favorite deals are ones where there's a 30-year note they've already paid 10 years of interest on, right? So why would I start that loan all over again when I can assume that one and save myself 100 grand in interest that I would have paid if I had this? Yeah. Good. So there's huge benefits to why we assume people's mortgages. And guess what? I tell the seller, this is why I'm doing it. And they're like, oh, that's smart. You know, it's like Trump when he said, uh, I don't pay taxes. That makes me smart. Yeah. That doesn't make me crook. That makes me smart. So I just tell the, these people exactly what I'm doing. And I, I know you, you believe in this too, but honesty by far oh, yeah. is the best policy. And so when I sit down with a seller, there's nothing I'm doing they don't know. I explain everything to them. 
And if for some reason they still have apprehension, I'll pass on that deal. I'll move, you know, let's sell it traditionally if you want. And you know what happens most of the time, Joe, they call me back yeah, and they say, you know what, Jason, we are going to make more money with your deal and uh, let's talk it, right? But I don't push deals. I'm not aggressive. Sign my contract right now or else. I just go in. I tell people exactly what I'm doing and uh, I've got an excellent track record. Here's some people I've worked with before. If you have questions or you think I'm not being, you know, perfectly honest, here's some, here's some people who've already done this deal. Talk to them, ask them how they like it, right? So anyway, I don't know if that answers the question, Joe, but the reason I don't go get a bank loan is because it's not as profitable. Well, I like how you're just completely honest with them too. You're doing exactly what it is you're doing. You had nothing to hide. You know, my wife, if when I go looking for a car, she can't stand salespeople. You know what I mean? She's like, oh, their guy's slick, blah, blah, blah. I don't really want to talk to them. I love talking to salespeople, uh, but she hates it. And I don't want anyone to ever feel that way about me. You know, I don't want them to hate me. I want them to feel like I'm a problem solver. And if I can't solve your problem, guess what I'll do? I'll refer somebody else that might, if I know, right? Because that relationship's going to, you know, a lot of my business, you know, we're going to talk about marketing and stuff later, but I don't market more. I don't have to. They say, hey, Jason bought our house, call him. And so anyway, my portfolio's, you know, completely, you know, different. It's more diverse than it's ever been. And you know, I just, I just don't market anymore, but I have to teach my students how to do it who don't have those relationships. And uh, we got some really cool tools for that. Hey, did we tell anybody that we're, they're getting a free book? Oh no, let's do that. Joe, uh, you, you, twisted my arm. you twisted my arm and said, you got to give it away to free, free to all of my listeners. I was like, okay. Oh, you Joe, gave me uh, you, Joe. Okay. That's right. I forgot. And here is the banner guys. Jay, what's the book called? It's called truly financially free. Okay. Um, by Jason Courtney. It's on Amazon. They can buy it, but they're going to get it for free uh, with you. So this book is go to dealswithjason.com slash Joe. That's it. Yeah. They type in uh, dealswithjason.com forward slash Joe and they get the book for free. And what's um, it called? Right. Show us the book. It's uh, truly financially free. Nice. And uh, it's avoiding the rat race of traditional path to real estate investing. This is everything I've learned, Joe, in the last 23 years. Yeah. And and you know this because I know you've written a lot of books, but when I edited this book for the third time, I almost wept a little bit because I said to myself, I wish someone would have handed this to me, mm. you know, when I first got started. Yep. But then I, here's what I, I followed that up with. I'm a bit stubborn. And so I don't know if I would have listened. I think I still would have tried to learn the hard way, but there's so many great real estate's phenomenal business to be a part of in any atmosphere, in any category. And here, here's what I mean by that. My coach told me a long time ago, his name is Mike Breedcroft, very first real estate coach I've ever hired. Since then, I've spent hundreds of thousands on coaching. But with him, he says, Jason, just pick, you know, there's a, m- a million ways to make money in real estate. Just pick one and do it well. And it wasn't until I niched down, Joe, where I really got wealthy. You know what I mean? And so I made a lot of money in a lot of these different businesses that are in this book. And I explain each one of them that I've been a part of. Let me tell you one I haven't been a part of just to, give you a plug, land buying. So I can't wait to learn about that um, from you and um, see what that's all about. Um, But it's currently not in my vision, but next year I'm going to have a a section of my vision that I might add that to. I just started buying businesses. So that's my new gig, right? Buying businesses creatively, not just houses. But by the way, your book, I'm looking here, you sell it on Amazon for 20 bucks and you're giving it to everybody here for free. Joe, that's the way we roll, right? Yeah. And, and here's why, Joe, I got to be perfectly honest with you here. Um, and I hate it when I say that I'm perfectly honest all the time, not just now. Uh, but you uh, really helped me get off the ground with uh, what made a difference in my life. And this is the least I could do would give this book away to your audience. So I, I appreciate the opportunity to even talk right. about it and to be on the show. So also, we're going to give them a, a, my script, right? So when I call people, what I say, what I teach my uh, students to go through. And I tell all of my students, read it like a robot, right? You don't have to like get all fancy and nervous on the phone. Just start asking the questions. And here's one, Joe, that I think uh, you'll appreciate that I run into all the time. When I ask somebody, um, do you still have a mortgage on the property or what do you still owe on your mortgage? Some people don't want to tell you. They're like, that's personal. That's none of your business, right? But how you ask that question is really important. My students will say things like, do you mind if I ask you? No, no, no. They don't get an option. 
You tell them, do you still have a mortgage on the property? Yes or no? Yes. How much do you still owe on the mortgage? And guess what? Nobody ever doesn't tell me that. But when you say things like, do you mind if I ask you? Well, of oh. course I mind. You know, you're putting this that it's okay to mind. Yeah. Does that make sense? Um, yeah. So the words we say are so important. Um, and I've learned that through, um, you know, studying content or text uh, campaigns, right? And which ones are effective and which ones aren't. And one word can either get you a bunch of leads or one word can get you zero leads. You know what I mean? It's so important. You know this. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah. Very important. Yeah. Very important. So um, what do you say when you ask them the mortgage question? Just ask them straight up. What do you There's no mortgage? Yeah, there's no option to not tell me, you know? And and I say that with not dominance, but with confidence, maybe. Sure, sure. Uh, I'm trying to help you and I need this information. Now, if somebody does give me resistance, I say, listen, my offer is not based on what you owe. My offer is based on fair market value. So don't hesitate to tell it's not going to impact my offer. It's going to impact how I structure it. That's all. So you have nothing to fear by sharing those numbers with me. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do some of that today when we do live calls, probably. Yeah. Uh, right. You know, so I got a couple more things that we can talk about sure. for, you know, beginners. But, you know, people who just bought a house that don't have any equity, can't afford a real estate agent, um, you come in and you save the day for those people, right? So those are the easiest deals to do are subject to deals where they have no equity <clears throat> because you're the only one that can help them. Now, they're apprehensive sometimes, right? So you have to like, what if I want to go out and buy another house, you know, and this loan is still in my name, right? Because buying a house subject to the existing liens and mortgages does not mean that their name comes off that mortgage. All it means is that you're being added to that note as a third party and you're now contractually obligated to make the payments on their behalf, right? So when uh, the mortgage broker pulls their credit report for the new house and they see this loan on it, oh, we can't. You're not going to qualify, Mr. Smith, right? This is what they all think, right? <clears throat> and so I've never bought a house from somebody subject to that was unable to go out and buy another house for two reasons. One, it's a sale, right? Yeah. And two, it could be looked at like a rental property. If the underwriter doesn't want to qualify it as a sale, right? At a minimum, they can look at it as a rental property. And what that means is whatever the monthly payment is, 75% of that monthly payment gets removed from their debt to income ratio and 25% stays on, right? That's the worst case scenario. Yeah. And the beauty of that is most people qualify for way more than they want to borrow anyway. So that 25% is irrelevant. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, I think about this too, because I just started offering, well, when I make an offer for land, I usually just make them a cash offer, but I've been offering a higher price with owner financing lately. And just started doing that within the last couple of weeks. And I'm thinking, well, why not? You know, and, and the, I'm already, I'm buying land at about 25 cents on the dollar. So my wow. cash offer will be about 25 to 35 cents on the dollar. We get an average of one out of 25 to 30 accepted offers that we make, right? So then I've thought about, well, I'll, maybe I'll just double my offer with owner financing. In other words, if it's worth 10, simple numbers, if it's worth 10 grand, I'll offer them 2,500 cash or 5,000 with owner financing. And I still have plenty of equity in there, right? But I'm doubling my price to the seller and I have literally zero. I don't have to use any of my own money into that deal. We That's did get right. one accepted. I, we sent out about 12 or these were all, all these offers that we've been sending have been follow-up offers, but got one accepted, looked into the deal. It wasn't going to be a good deal anyway. So we backed out of it, but very interesting. This is really, really relevant, whether you're doing houses or land. And I just want to make sure you guys are catching this. This is phenomenal. This is really good. Let me tell you something right along those lines, John. I would encourage you to write more of those and, and maybe even go up more than 50%, right? Because if it costs you nothing and you do 20 more deals, it was probably a better way to go. But wholesalers that joined my coaching program are almost millionaires overnight. And here's why. I can pay 100% of fair market value for a house they can't, Right. I'm not suggesting people pay 100%, but I can, and I can still make money on that deal. So wholesalers who are out there paying 70 cents on the dollar right now, they're freaking out. They're like, oh, I'm going to have to pay 80 or no one's going to accept my offers, blah, blah, blah. What if you paid 90? What if you paid 95? What if the seller subordinate the entire purchase and you do get a deal at 0%, right? They own it for you. There's all these different options that these wholesalers just don't even look at. So I'm not sure if you're familiar with Lance Wakefield. You may be. He was LB guy. Um, literally, this guy became a multimillionaire overnight. And all he did was go back through his list of deals that he wasn't able to negotiate at 70 cents on the dollar. 
made creative financing offers at 95 cents on the dollar and uh, filled them with uh, lease option tenants or lease purchase tenants. And the guy's whole life changed, you know? <clears throat> and yeah. so Jeff Gardner, you know, Jeff. Oh, yeah. Another one. He's completely, we, you know, what happened is Sean talked about my business in LB2 and all the wholesalers in the room, including Three Doors, who I actually ended up uh, signing a contract. Yeah. Uh, listed me to teach them what I was doing, right? And uh, so let's, let's talk about this, though. What is your minimum criteria for doing a subject to or buying a house with owner financing? How much do, do you have anything like equity that it needs to have or the cash flow that it needs to make? Well, I'll tell you what I focus on if it's pretty or not. I don't like buying ugly houses. I don't like doing any work at all. I want to move my people right in. So when I buy a house creatively, depending on what I'm paying for it, I make the seller responsible for it to pass an occupancy inspection and I move my tenant right in. So it costs me no money. Okay. And my contract's contingent upon me finding a suitable tenant for the property. So I don't yeah. close unless I've got a, a buyer ready to go. And All right, right now, you're not, you're, you're, you're still, it's got to make financial sense, right? So what, what financial sense does it have to make? So I like to create at least a $250 uh, cash flow a month on a deal. I'll do a 0% deal if, uh, because I'm depreciating it, right? I'm writing off the interest that I'm paying. So they still, even if you make no money at all, they still profit you over time, right? My tenant buyers aren't getting appreciation until they get to a 10% down payment position. So I'm usually, especially lately, Joe, I mean, my portfolio has gone nuts since 2019 because the appreciation has been ridiculous. 11% and 20, 12% and 21, and then 22 was nuts, right? So it's like, you know, if I had to buy one at, at 100% of fair market value today, could I still make money on that deal? 100%. Because as long as I have somebody in that property, yeah, um, I can't remember if it was you, Joe. That here, Here's what I know you taught me. Keep it small, keep it all. I've never forgot that. I've never forgot that. It's one of my mottos now. You know, it's like I have students like the two I mentioned earlier who have, made, have massive portfolios, hundreds of properties, right? I don't have hundreds of properties. I have, I mean, I have quite a few, but I don't, ha I don't do what they do, right? I have my personal portfolio covers all of my personal and business expenses, so that I don't have to work. Um, and I have portfolios that I'm partnered with with other people that uh, generate income. I mean, I own, you know, four companies now, so my portfolio is small because it, I like that I can manage it myself with a VA. You know what I mean? And it's so comfortable. So keep it small, keep it all has uh, been revolutionary for me. Well, along with, you know, there's a hundred ways to make money in real estate, pick one and do it well, right? So you're, you're, you're mainly concerned about the cash flow, right? It's got a cash flow at least 250 bucks a month. Well, when you're starting your business, all of my students, cash flow is everything, right? Getting 0% loans, uh, tired landlords, which we haven't got into yet, but tired landlords, oh my gosh, Joe, they're low hanging fruit, like, laying on the ground, but they're not touching the grass low-hanging fruit because they have multiple properties. They're already investor-minded. As soon as they sell, they have to write a big check to Uncle Sam that we eliminate. They're waiting for us. You know what I mean? It's like, can't wait for someone like Jason to call me that I can turn my entire portfolio over to. It's free and clear. I can sell to Jason on owner financing from a tax perspective, if there's any CPAs on here, selling it on an installment sale, right? And then the interest that I'm paying them, I get interest-only loans from all of them because they don't want to have to pay capital gains on the principal portion of my payment. So my cash flow is high. And once my the interest that I pay them exceeds their capital gains tax, they just balloon it or I pay them off, you know? But that's 10 years. So that's a 10-year interest-only loan that, on a, well, you know, someone's got 12 properties on 12 properties. You know what I mean? So the tired landlords are just, uh, when I have a student that finds a tired landlord on his first deal, I'm like, you lucky duck. You know what I mean? Like, I wish that would have happened to me, you know? Yeah. But I got hung up on, cussed out, you know, th I got thrown out of a house one time, you know, because I just didn't know what I was talking about yet, but I was desperate, you know? Yeah. Well, let's talk yeah. about what you say to sellers, all right? You've got a seller, tired landlord, they're motivated. Do you have a script or what do you go through when you start talking to them? Well, it depends on the person, right? So I find out immediately which one of the three scenarios are they in. Do they own it free and clear? Do they have a mortgage on the property? And if so, do they have any equity? That's, that's, I got to get there as quick as possible so that I can get my brain wrapped around what we're talking about. Is it their primary residence, right? If it's their primary re residence, I'm not going to get into capital gains talk because it's irrelevant. You know, they don't have to pay capital gains on their primary. 
But if it's a tired landlord, we go right into what his exit strategy is, right? And then I figure out how to structure my deal based on what he's trying to achieve, right? So it depends on the situation, but tired landlords do not like paying taxes. And so capital gains talk for them. They understand it. Uh, You should understand it. I teach all my students what it means, how much it is, what they can expect to write. And the more my student knows about that, the more comfortable the tired landlord feels about doing business with them. Does that make sense? Yeah. So education on that's really important if you're going to target tired landlords, which I think is the lowest hanging fruit for our business because it can change your life overnight. What are some of your favorite ways to contact tired landlords right now? Not owner occupants, right? So you send them a letter, a postcard, call them. Yeah, Joe, I don't do any direct mail at all. I know that's big and I probably should explore it more, but I never have. So all of my leads come off of Zillow, Craigslist, for sale by owner.com, uh, local newspapers, if I see signs in people's front yards, and I have my uh, software that I use, Lead Machine Pro. And I just, if I'm driving around, uh, I have I can just throw that phone number into my Lead Machine Pro and it starts communicating with that person. And I only talk to people that want to work with me. So the Lead Machine Pro kind of gets them through all the what is terms, you know, why would you consider doing an offer like this, blah, blah, blah. And if they have any interest at all, then I call them. But if they're like, no, we're just going to list with an agent. And I'm like, why would you throw that money away? You know, what if I could pay full price, no commissions, blah, blah, blah. You know how the lingo goes. But yeah, all of my leads are people who have given me their phone number. Does that make sense? Really, really important in today's texting world, right? I don't know if you're familiar with the Trace Act, but AT&T and T-Mobile are really cracking down. Oh, yeah. Lead gen. You know what I mean? So... I only solicit people that put their phone number out there so that I don't get fined. You know, yeah. I don't skip trace. I don't do any of that. Now, what's beauty about the mailers is they call you. You know what I mean? So you are, you're safe. Sure. Right. And that's why I want to explore that, Joe, but I haven't. That might be something I ask you about. You know what I mean? But yeah. I don't buy a list. I don't do any of that stuff. I do all free, free marketing. Everything I do is free. Okay. All right. So you got them on the phone. You start talking to them. You find out how much they owe on the house. Do they have a mortgage? Is it free and clear? What do they owe on it? And when you are talking to a seller, are you focusing on like building rapport? You okay with the conversation going an hour long? Or are you trying, are you more quick to the point, you know, if they're not ready to do a deal today, you're off the phone in five, 10 minutes? Well, Joe, last time we talked about this, Claude Diamond called me and gave me an earful, you know? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if you remember that, that. but But I will talk for as long as they want to. to. I don't cut them off because um, this is the most expensive transaction they'll probably ever make or have made. And it's important to them. I need to make sure it's important to me too. So now if it's grandma who has no friends and no one's called her in six months and she just wants to talk about the weather, I can get through that pretty quickly. But if we're talking about the deal and we're talking about solving the problem, I don't care how long it takes. So Claude's like, in 30 seconds, you're going to know. And if that's it, okay, so that's not going to work. See you later, right? And so he called me and says, hey, man, I'm from Jersey or New York. I can't remember. What do you want? You know, what's yeah. the matter you? you know? <laughs> but him and I uh, really hit it off after that. And uh, I really love Claude a lot. He's, he's yeah. good. So, But anyway, I was just, I'd never met Claude before. I just watched some of his you know calls on YouTube. I thought, golly, how's this guy ever get a deal? You know, but man, he does. Lots yeah, of he does. All right, yeah. so uh, you, you you talk to the seller, you build some rapport. Do you go, do you, do you make an appointment to go see the house? Do you try to go meet with them in person? Yeah, so I never go look at a house until I got them to agree that uh, they would consider an offer on terms. I, I used to go to every single one, Joe, and I tell my students, get the practice, you know, get thrown out a few times. Uh, when that guy threw me out of his house, I learned a lot that day, you know, and, and, he, and he did it nicely. Here's what he said to me. He says, Jason, I know you don't know what you're talking about. Come back to me in six months. If I still own this house, we'll talk, but I've got to, I got to go. And that was the, that was it, right? So I went in there with my spiel thinking I was this slick sales guy. I don't know what I was thinking. I was just winging it. And uh, he saw through me really quickly. But I remember saying to myself, I should know what I'm talking about um, better before I go in. Now, there's, I'm probably contradicting myself a little bit here, but my students that over-educate themselves and never go look at a house, they never do a deal. Like you got to take action. At some point, you have to say to yourself, I'm in and just start doing it even if you don't know all the details. 
So now the beauty of having a coach, all of my students, when they're filling out their sheet, they say, my partner and I are interested in your house. I just got some questions to see if it fits our criteria. If it does, you know, we're going to make you an offer today or tomorrow. And I'm the partner, right? Mm -hmm. So they get the data and then they call me and they say, hey, here's where we're at on this deal. Is this a good deal or not? I say, yes, here's how you structure it. And uh, they go out and then they go to the house. They look at it, do a repair estimate if necessary push all the repairs off on the seller and then get the deal closed. So yeah, it's, it's so hard when you don't have any credibility. You know what I mean? So we try to provide that for all of our students. So, so you're, the credibility you tell your students to say is me and my business partner. They, they refer to this, you as their partner, business partner. Yeah. Well, I had to do the math the other day on my, uh, how many deals I've done in real estate <clears throat> and, you know, bigger pockets is always asking you, you know, how many deals you've done, blah, blah, blah. So I've done 1,780 something deals. I know I'm probably within 20 or 30 deals here. And I was hoping to say thousands, but I can't because I'm not in the double digits yet. But no, that's phenomenal. Good for you. Yeah, I've done a lot of transactions. And this includes the stuff I write about in the book, right? About other businesses that I've did, done. I haven't done 1,700 creative financing transactions, but from custom home building to hard money, to flipping properties. I mean, I've flipped over 300 properties myself, you know? So it's like, I have the the pedigree of what I loved. And, and I have to tell you, I, th- I do mention it a little bit in the book. I love flipping houses because I like taking a piece of junk and turning it into a beautiful piece of art, if that makes sense. However, it was by far not the best use of my time. It certainly was not the uh, best money I've ever made. And I had no life. I almost got divorced during that time because I was doing so many deals, you know what I mean? And I never saw my family. So now, guess what's secondary to everything? My family's first. I've never been in that position until I became financially free. I had to go to work. And so as great as all those other real estate businesses are, and they are great, like if I had to choose between doing a real estate business versus going to a nine to five, it would be real estate a million times over because you're in control. You know what I mean? You're not punching a clock. You can't get fired, you know, which is kind of cool. It's just a, a beautiful atmosphere. And the people that are in it, I mean, I don't know how many times you've had somebody not help you, but nobody doesn't help us. Like anyone in our industry knows the grind and they're like offering to help all the time. I mean, it's a beautiful place to live, period. You know, if you're unhappy with your job, get into real estate somewhere. You know yeah. what I mean? Because yeah. it is a... It's like a family almost, but I, I don't want to say it like that generically. But I mean, I've never asked someone in real estate for help that help that said, nope, Jason, sorry, unless you join my coaching program or whatever, I'm not going to help you. They always try to do whatever they can for me right there at that very moment, which okay. is crucial if we're trying to structure deals, yeah. right? Well, let's, do you want to call some sellers? Sure. Yeah, you bet. <clears throat> so here's what I was thinking we would do. You tell me if you're okay with this, Yeah. but uh, you pick them. You pick okay. them out. So find houses under half a million bucks somewhere. Uh, actually, I don't care if it's in St. Louis or not, but if I'd like for you to pick St. Louis, because I'll probably buy it if we get to a, a All right. position. Well, so. I w- I've been playing around here with uh, Zillow a little bit, and uh, let me get up here. Another screen so I can yeah. pull out you get it. Move this one here. Boom. Guys, if you have questions or comments, please type them in the chat. Thomas Wilson, by the way. Hey, what's going on? Guy I used to work with. Back in 2008, when I had my J-O-B, looks like you're doing really well, Thomas. Primavera is a scheduling software. I am not doing Primavera scheduling anymore. Cool. All right, I'm going to share my... Oh, I just have to click this. Boom. How about that? All right. So this is St. Louis. I'm looking at for sale. Looking at three plus bedrooms. Is that all right? Yeah. Do you want me to talk to um, houses that are listed with agents or for sale by owners? Let's do for sale by owner. I'm looking at just homes. And we click right here, buy owner, and I'm going to uncheck new construction foreclosures and auctions and coming soon. Is that okay? Sure. I don't understand buy owner, agent listed. I really don't either, unless it's owner, uh, it's owned by an agent. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just weird. I'll do it anyway. Um, thing because of the market burden. Yeah. We'll click apply. Not a lot of them, but I'm going to zoom out a little bit here. There's more in downtown St. Louis. I can zoom out more if you want. And what was the minimum price you wanted? Anything under half a million. Um, those are easier to do. But let me tell you, the um, luxury houses that are between 700 and 1.5, huge money makers, huge money makers. 
So the problem I have had with those, my students get scared, <laughs> you know, I'm like, listen, you don't close the deal unless you've got someone, you know, paying the note. So, and the well, down payments that we take on those, Joe, I mean, we could have a vacancy for a year and a half and still break even, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. And, and the sellers who own those bigger homes, they have more financial resources many times, right? And they, and you'd be surprised how many of those really large homes are owned free and clear. And um, they're taking they're going to take a big wash if they have to sell it and pay capital gains on it. Yep. And even if it's their primary residence where they wouldn't have to pay the gains, Joe, they're investor minded people, right? They're not, they're not, they're smart. The smarter the seller, the easier this business. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, all right. Are you just randomly anything here? Yeah. Just randomly pick one, you know, or if there's one that you want me to try to buy, I'll. Here's Lake St. Louis. Good area. Oh, great area. Okay. So, let me tell you the things I look for. First thing I look at days on market, which seven, is seven. <clears throat> yep. And then I like to go to the map, Joe. So this house is three bedrooms, three baths, 1,700 square feet. So on the right, if you scroll down, you'll find a map. And in the top right corner of that map, you'll see a little square. You know, click on that and then hit uh, lot lines. And this kind of gives me an idea of what Zillow thinks these properties are worth, right? So yeah, it's certainly... You and I both know Zillow's never been in these homes. They really don't know what they're worth. They're doing their best guess based on Maris, right? But it just helps me to see, is this guy asking $100,000 more than every other house in the subdivision? If so, yeah. do I want to waste my time calling him? Probably not. Let's wait till he's on the market for four months, and then we'll call him, right? Yeah. Because no one's buying that house. Now, in today's market, some people are paying thirty, forty thousand $40,000 more than asking just to to get a house. And Lake St. Louis is is one of those areas, you know? Yeah. So people are trying to get $100,000 more than their home's worth, and they're getting probably close to 40 or 50 in some cases. Uh, but let me talk about that real quick, Joe. Uh, but let's go ahead and go back on the property. And let's get the owner's phone number, and then we'll call them. But somebody who's paid $50,000 more than asking, the bank does not appraise that house for more than what it's worth, right? So these people have to bring this cash to closing. So these people are somewhat upside down day one, right? Yeah. It's low hanging fruit for sub two deals, right? Now, taking deals that are less than a year old sub two aren't that great, right? Because they've got six and a half percent rates or whatever. So uh, in some cases, you may want to go to the bank and get the money and just buy it if you can buy it cheap enough. But Ultimately, I never go to the bank for money, uh, Joe. So um, if yeah. I can't, you know, make the deal work and the math doesn't work, I just don't do it. Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> okay. You found the owner's phone number. Uh, it's kind of small, so I'm going to have you read it off to me. I can't see it too great. Yeah. 573-273-229. Okay. Let me uh, scroll back up to the actual address of the property. Uh, hold on. There it is. Okay. All right. And I'm going to make this call and put my phone here on speakerphone. So if you can't hear me for some reason, can you send me like a chat or something? I'll go like, I'll go like this. Okay. Got it. Right. Tell me about the ringing. I can hear it. <laughs> Hi, this is Sean. Hey, Sean. My name's Jason. I'm calling about your house at 710 Country Field Drive. Is that still available? Yes. I, I literally just accepted a, a contract this morning. Oh, man. Good for you. So, okay. Um, if something happens, would you give me a call? Can you? Did my phone number come up on your caller ID? Yeah. Is it Nick? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Are you calling on your own behalf? Or? Yes. Okay. Yes, I'm a buyer. So if the deal falls through, I want to hear about it. No, no. It, it, all honesty, it, it went well kind of. There was a, a couple buyers that got in touch with me this week, came in, and they ended up offering like 22 above what I asked for. So, wow, I, good for you. Pretty good situation for, for going selling on my own. So, yeah, <laughs> nice job. Like, uh, you know, they say there, six. I'm there sorry. is a contingency, though. So, if, if anything does happen, uh, I, I will absolutely keep your, uh, keep your information. All right. I really appreciate that. Okay, well, good luck to you. Not twenty-two grand over—that's amazing. Nice job. No, I, I wasn't turning it down. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, well, thanks for taking my call. No, not a problem. All right. Bye now. Bye. All right. There his voice so, sounded familiar. Sean. His name was Sean. Sean. I don't know. Where's this one? 
This one needs updating. It's in Baldwin. Okay. It needs updating. I uh, see the inside there. Okay, so let's talk about this for a minute. Remember, I don't put any of my own money in houses, right? So, um, and here's what I tell all of my students. I can sell grandma's house all day long as long as you can eat off the floor, right? So if the house is clean, I'm going to be selling it at a discount. But and I'm not sure if we talked about this in the last call, Joe, but 40% of the hot prouses that we get back uh, have been improved, right? Yeah. And so... Uh, why would I spend money improving a house that someone else would spend their money improving? Uh, because they're trying, they are trying to get to a place where they own it, right? Yeah. So, um, I mean, you you know all about that. But so, I would rather sell Grandma's house at a discount as long as it passes an occupancy inspection and it's clean. I'll buy it. So, all right, does it tell us the story about the property and the description at all? Let me. Great potential for an open floor plan needs updating. House being sold at is is positioned on a sought after cul de sac, just under half an acre in Baldwin. That's really good. Newer roof and siding, first floor laundry. This was definitely Grandma's house. Kitchen and master bedroom has been added onto, so it's been on Zillow seventy seven days. Okay, all right. Let me uh, number six three six two one nine one four. Does it have an owner's name anywhere? No. Okay. All right. And it's on 323 Rash Court or something. Okay. You hear okay? (laughs) They hung up. We call them right back. They picked up and hung up. Yes, uh, my name is Jason. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah, I'm calling about the house at 323 Ranch Court. Is this still available? Is it, yeah, as of right now, it still is, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, uh, can you tell me what's the story on it? Is it, uh, I, I've seen the photos, I've looked at the description. It's, um, it was a house that we grew up in, and my, uh, and then my father passed away about a year ago, and so we're, that's mm-hmm. what we're sorry to hear that. Yeah, that's all right, thanks. But, um, it's been the back part of it, and it did. You're cutting out on me a little bit. Can you hear me okay? Hello? But a lot of it's basement, and then the additions were actual crawl spaces. You actually cut out on me there for a little bit. Um, you actually cut out on me there for a little bit. 2017, uh, the air conditioner and uh, furnace are not original, but they're probably 10, 15 years old. Okay. And the siding's fairly new. Uh, everything in the house uh, structurally is really good. Really, the only uh, downside of the house is just the cosmetic portion of it. My dad remodeled it when we moved in, but it, that was been 30 something years ago. So it just needs updating, basically, what, it, or what kind of where it's at. Okay. Have you guys had any offers yet? Hello? Can you hear me? Hello? Man, he hung up on me again. I don't think he could hear me at all. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. But that's a good deal. We need to call him back. You want to try one more? Yeah, we can try another one. If the next one doesn't work, maybe we can practice role play. Okay. This is uh, St. Clair, Missouri. That's a little far south, but uh, let's see. Let's see. Days on market? Uh, It's on three acres, too. Uh, 48 days. 46. 46. All right, let's jump on the map and see if he's just out of whack on his price. 48 days is a long time. It's going to be a little different. This is out in the country, you know. Of course. uh, Yeah, I think the only reason I want to do it this way, Joe, is so guys can see, like, if you don't have, like, you know, fancy software to help you do CMAs and stuff like that, this is just a generic way to kind of get your brain straight, right? I just want them to see that they can do this even on Zillow without much fancy software if they don't. Yeah. I'm a big software component, as you know, but uh, people don't need uh, all those tools to get started. I didn't have those tools. I like them now because I don't like to work. (laughs) But yeah. uh, Anyway. Okay. Let's let's give them a call. So the number is right here. Okay. Uh, 
Walsford Road. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. Three one four five five zero seven zero six nine is not available. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press one for more options. Yes, my name is Jason, and I am calling about uh, property at 400 Walls 4 Road. You can reach me at area code 314-223-7451, 314-223-7451. I'd love to talk to you about the property, um, uh, so wait to hear from you. Thanks. All right, let's try another one. I want to actually talk to somebody. You and I role-playing is going to be fun for sure, but I think it's important that we can actually get someone. To- How about 63128? Shoot, love six three one two eight all day. They just cut their price six grand. Ooh, that sounds like motivation, doesn't it? Uh huh. Been on the market nine days though. Real estate agents, welcome. All right, here's the number three one four. Got it. Five four one. Okay. Four four eight five. All right. Any name? I don't see a name. No. Okay. No big deal. Can you blow up the address for me? There we go. Perfect. Thank you. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. Three. One, Maybe one of them will call back. Four. <clears throat> one, four. While we're rolling. Two. Playing. Is not available. At the tone, his name's John. Cool. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press one for more options. Yes, this message is for John. I'm calling about 4823 Stanhope Drive. Um, I'm interested in purchasing the property. Um, you can reach me at area code 314-223-7451. 314-223-7451. My name's Jason. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you. Okay, well, we'll see. Maybe some of those guys will call back. So um, if you want to keep calling, we can, or if you want to role play, let's do it. Well, let's role play. Um, Because this is one of the frustrating things about real estate is sometimes when you have a lot of sellers um, or a lot of numbers that you're calling and leads that you're working on, it's it's a numbers game. You got to make dials. I always tell people too, you know, you should make it a goal to talk to five sellers a day. At least. Might mean mean you've got to, you know, dial 50 phone numbers, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think it's important too, Joe, right? Like we're in the middle of the day, everybody's at work, right? So after five and on weekends is really where you're going to get the action. If you're using like a drip campaign and you're texting, some people will do that during work. So that's a little better of a tactic, I think. But um, calling in the midday is, uh, it's rough, right? You're going to leave lots of messages. Do you ever do, do you ever buy creative deals, new construction so I haven't yet, but uh, I have had uh, a couple opportunities where investors loaned the builder the money to build the displays, right? And they wind up with them afterwards. Uh, and so I was able to get a couple under for a student that way, but I personally have never um, bought any new construction deals. Okay. So back in 08 and 09, I did some lease options on new construction and uh, that was when it was easy. well here's what i say about that joe and maybe i hope that you'll agree with me here i think that you will but you you can't have both right so right now it's hard to buy houses but guess what's easy filling them you know what i'm saying so and when it becomes a buyer's market guess what's going to be hard right uh filling them right i'm sorry yeah no buyer's market yeah 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 you can't have both so deal with it if you're in real estate deal with it don't curl up in a ball i and let me uh, be clear, I've curled up in a ball, right? I've been frustrated. I've said, you know what? I can't buy a house if my life depended on it. Well, guess what? I bought three this week, you know, in today's market. Now I'm paying more than I like, right? But um, I, I'm doing it. And here's what I don't care about. I don't care. Well, I want to be careful how I say this. I don't really care what this house is worth until I have to sell it. And for me, I'm in it for the long haul. So I might be selling this property 10 years from now, 15 years from now, 
then I'm going to care about what it's worth. So if I have to pay 100% of fair market value and I can get somebody to pay me more than what my expenses are, I'm still doing that deal today. Now, I'm not paying 100%, but I will. You know what I mean? If it's a good enough deal, if the house is moving ready, if it's a newer house, I'll pay 100% of fair market value. If it's in an appreciating neighborhood, yeah, no. So anyway, you can't have both is all I'm saying. It is a tough market right now to buy a house. But it is so easy to find people who don't qualify for traditional mortgages. That oh, yeah. you know. I remember one time I had two students in the same market. It was actually Denver, Colorado, within Ooh. one or two day of each other. One of them called me. This was 10 years ago. One of them called me and said, there's no sellers in the market. I can get tons of buyers, no sellers. Next day, another guy called, same market, said, there are no buyers. I got seller leads up the wazoo. I can't sell them to anybody. I could not believe it. It was, and, and I said, listen, you two need to talk. And I gave them each other's phone numbers. Sometimes yeah. it's perspective, isn't it? It, it really uh, is. We, we do need to wrap this up, though. Let's do a quick role play. Sure. Practice. Um, you'll be the investor. I'll be the homeowner. And you just called me and I'll say, hello. Okay. You want to talk about the what the house is, 3-2 in you know, St. Charles County? Yeah. Whatever. Okay. And uh, you're going through a divorce or what? What do you want to be? I don't know. You have to ask me. Okay. I'll make All right. Up. All right. Ring, ring. Hello. Hey, Joe. Uh, I saw your ad in uh, Zillow about your house for sale. You got it listed for sale by owner. And I'm interested in buying it. Uh, oh, are, yeah. So are you a realtor? Or- nope. I'm an investor. I buy properties for myself and I like to hang on to them for long periods of time. All right. When would you like to come look at it? I'd love to come look at it like today. Is that an option? Um, no, I get off of work around, I'll be home around seven. Maybe I can Show it to you at seven o'clock or eight o'clock tonight or something. Well, I got this rule. I don't like to go look at houses in the dark, Joe. So uh, I'm just teasing. <laughs> but uh, I will go. I'll go at eight o'clock and I'm happy to come look at the house at eight o'clock tonight, Joe. Let me talk to you a little bit about what I do because I'm an investor. I buy houses lots of different ways. So can you tell me why you're actually selling the house? Uh, it's a second home. Uh, my wife and I used to live there. Um, we live down in Florida now. And uh, we just, you know, we decided we just don't want it anymore. Okay. So um, do you own it free and clear, Joe, or is there a mortgage on it? Uh, Yeah, we got a little mortgage on it. Okay. What do you still owe? Oh, I don't know. Why do you ask? Well, ultimately, I like to structure deals that the sellers can say yes to. So I like to buy houses and you have one for sale, right? So I really want to make sure that I'm making the absolute best offer I can to you. And I buy lots of houses. In fact, most of the houses I buy on terms. And in your case, uh, because it's a second home, I think you're going to absolutely love my offers. Okay. So that's why I'm asking. Yeah. T- tell me more then. What uh, What is term? What do you mean by terms? Well, terms can mean a lot of things, but it usually means something uh, like taking over a mortgage that's already in place. If someone owns the house free and clear, uh, owner financing. And sometimes, like in your case, it would be a combination of both. So we would uh, assume the mortgage is in place, which is why I'm asking you about you know, if you have one and what you owe. And then we're going to take your equity and package it into a note that's payable to you each month. And you're going to be acting as the bank. Now, I'm not saying you have to sell me your house that way. I'm just telling you, I can pay the absolute most for your house on a deal like that. And I'm sure you're concerned about capital gains since it's a second home and uh, we can help offset that. So in just a minute of our conversation, Joe, I think I I can put an offer together that's going to be the best for you, not just for me, but for both of us. That's really good. Off role play. I love how you, you phrased all that. It was really good. You guys should rewind this and write that stuff down. And and also I'm thinking about this too. I'm coming at it from a, from my perspective of being an investor, trying to put myself in a motivated seller's shoes. I haven't thought like this in a long time. All right. So let me say something like, um, sure. you know, I, I just, I, we just need to sell it. We we're, we're looking to, um, we're going to put the money into some investments and, uh, I, I, I don't want to wait really. I just need to sell it. Yeah, I'm not asking you to wait. I'll buy it this week. <clears throat> and uh, I'm not sure how long you've had it on the market, but uh, I move fast. That's what investors do. And yeah. as far as what you're going to do with the money, I mean, what better place to put it than in real estate? I mean, you know that. That's why you have a second hole. Well, yeah, uh, you know, you can come and look at it. We, we've been getting a lot of calls on it. A lot of people have been interested in it. And uh, I think we can sell it pretty quick. And if we can't, I'll, I might just list it with an agent. But uh, yeah, I'm not going to just give it away, though. Yeah, well, I think you're going to be impressed with the the options that you have with me. I, like I said earlier, I buy houses lots of different ways, but here's one way I wouldn't sell my house. 
I wouldn't just give it to an agent and give them 6% of the proceeds when you can sell it to me and keep them, right? So just think about that. Uh, I am going to come see the house. Are you in Florida now or are you in town? Uh, my brother's out there. Um, he can he can help. He can show it. I, th- I think he's got a couple, three, four people lined up to see it tomorrow if you want to come by. Yeah, that's no problem. But here's what I'd really like to do. Let's talk about, uh, does the house need any repairs, Joe? No, no, it's in good shape. Okay, so here's what I'd like to do. Let's uh, talk more about um, how these deals are structured and why it makes sense to sell to me and not to, you know, a retail buyer or somebody who's going to live there. And if that's, I mean, I have to go see the house. So that's going to happen. But here's what I want to do. I want to convince you that my offer is going to be better than the other two guys that are going to look at it with your brother tonight. Um, And I want you to accept my offer, not theirs. Okay. So can we talk a little bit more? Uh, Sure. All right. So you didn't tell me what you owe on the mortgage, Joe. What do you owe? Oh, we owe about 75. Okay. And what do you think the house is worth? You've got it listed for 350. Uh, you know, I feel like that's a fair price. It's it's probably there's some neighbor homes that sold for a little bit more and some that sold for a little bit less. So you just pre priced it what you think is competitive. Yeah. Okay. All right. So here's I'm gonna assume that your um uh, asking price is exactly what you say, and I believe you based on a uh, brief um uh, history I've done uh, looking at uh, comps. Um so here here's what I'm offering you. The seventy thousand dollars, what type of a loan is that? Is that a um uh, conventional loan? Uh, is it a yeah. loan? Does it have any? Is it a five hundred one arm? Uh, tell me more about the type. Yeah, it's a it's a conventional loan. We bought it about fifteen years ago. Okay, so this was your primary residence, that, and then you moved to Florida and converted it to a rental. How long has yeah. it been? Vac- uh, it's just been vacant a few months. Okay, and how long has it been a rental? Uh by about seven or eight years. Okay, all right. So, have you enjoyed cash flow from the property or not? Uh, yeah, a little bit, but you know, we've just been working to pay it, pay the mortgage down. Yeah. Okay. Well, ultimately, um, here's what I, uh, would propose. So we would assume the mortgage is in place now, uh, and start making the payments on that loan immediately. And then we're going to package your equity into a note. Let's say we're going to amortize that note over 30 years at 5%. Okay. Uh, as you know, um, because you own a couple of homes, the power is not in the rates and the amortization schedule, right? So, um, you know, that's that's what we can do there. Now, depending on your capital gains obligations, we can look at that with your CPA and decide um, if we're going to do a, an interest-free, or not an interest-free, a um, interest-only loan so we can uh, absorb the capital gains for you so you can actually keep the full amount of the sale price. So you're not having to pay an agent, you're getting full price for the house, uh, and uh, we're going to pay your taxes for you. How does that offer sound? Well, I don't know. I need to I guess I need to think about it. I've not not been proposed that, Joe, like that before. Joe, Joe, I have to cut you off here. What do you mean you have to think about it? Did you hear what I said? Full price, right? No agent commissions. And I'm going to pay the taxes for you. Has anyone else offered you this? Full price. So what's the catch there? It sounds almost too good to be true. I don't, I, I just don't get it. You know, I hear that all the time. And you're, what you're really asking me, Joe, is how am I going to make any money on this house, right? Sure. Yeah. So ultimately, I'm going to buy it from you at what we think fair market value is. I'm going to assume that you're right. We'll verify that for sure. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to put somebody in that property that I'm helping get financing, and I'm going to sell it to them for 5% more than I bought it from you, and I'm going to raise the rate because they're not in a situation where they can get a, a really great rate. And I'm going to make a little bit of money on cash flow. I'm going to make a little bit of money on the spread from when they, from what I bought it from you and what I'm selling it to them for. And uh, the longer they're in that property, the more money I make. So it's more of a long play for me. It's not a flip. It's not quick cash. It's uh, what we call in our uh, industry, there's quick nickels and slow dimes. This is a slow dime for me. So I'm going to have a lot of time and money invested in this property and you're going to do nothing. No more taxes, no more insurance, no more payments. You're just going to receive a check from me every single month. And the majority of that is interest that you're going to use to offset your tap capital gains obligations. How does that okay. That sounds really good. Off role play though. You have a phone call in three minutes and I have to go. Yeah. That was really good. Everybody give Jason a round of applause. That's fantastic. Can I give myself one? No. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> I love that. Okay, very, very good. Um, you almost got me off the phone there, Joe. We don't let people get us off the phone. Yeah, until we're that was really yeah. good. Yeah. All right, so get Jason's book right now. He sells it for Amazon for $19.99. You can get it for free at dealswithjason.com slash Joe. Dealswithjason.com slash Joe. It's a good read. Definitely go check it out.
And it's um, a short read, Joe. They can read it in just a few hours. Like, you know, yeah. I'm a bit ADHD, right? I can't read long books. So I, I didn't want to write one. You know? That's so awesome. And also, too, by the way, guys, like I said at the beginning of the show, I'm doing a workshop with Gavin May 8th and 9th. If you want some more information on that, we're actually going to be calling a bunch of sellers live in that workshop. Go to joemccall.com slash workshop, joemccall.com slash workshop. And you get Jason's book, dealswithjason.com slash Joe. Very good. Thank you, Jason. I'm sorry I have to go. That was fun. No problem, Joe. Thanks for the opportunity. Look forward right. to uh, helping some other folks with the book. Yeah, God bless you. See you guys. Back at you.